This, 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 this is mythical. Everyone, welcome to Trevor Talks Too Much. I'm mad. <laughs> and I'm your host, Trevor Everts. Master Baker, mythical soft boy. <laughs> Dodger of jury duty. <laughs> and today we're talking about uh, different life paths. I know I seem very mad in that intro just to say we're talking about something like that. Um, no, yeah, today we're going to talk about different life paths. Uh, it's something that I've thought about a lot and I've encountered a lot just like in my personal life with people that I know and like um, just how everyone, you know, is on a different path and can do different things at different ages and nobody has to be the same. There's not a, uh, there's not a blueprint that you have to follow. Um, but anyway, back to jury duty, because that wasn't a joke, and I'm very tired right now, because I was up, like, two hours earlier this morning than I normally am, talking to a robot over the phone, trying to get out of jury duty. (laughs) Okay, because jury duty is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It is, though. (laughs) I, I live in a, in a, a subsection of Los Angeles called the Valley. Okay, in this valley are cities such as, but not limited to, Glendale, right? Glendale's in the valley. Burbank, San Fernando. It's called the San Fernando Valley. That's not important. I live in Burbank. Downtown Los Angeles is not close to me at all. No, it is not. It is very far away. But they wanted me to drive to downtown Los Angeles at 7.45 a.m. And go decide someone's fate i don't even understand how jury duty works to be clear again more more evidence that i shouldn't be going but i won i've like i guess the way jury duty works is like you're on call so like yes you have a service week and then you have to check one this is also a really stupid thing because if you're gonna like schedule me for jury duty let me plan for it but the way that jury duty works it's like at 7 p.m., you have to check online or call them to see if you need to be in the next day. So, like, at 7 p.m., that's when you have to start planning for whether or not you're going to be able to go into work the next day or, like, adhere to the commitments that you have. Like, that's not enough time. No, not at all. And then you're you're just on call, um, which is insane. So, the whole week, I'm like, I didn't get called in and I was hoping to just, like, dodge the bullets. Uh Two days ago, I got my, uh, I got a COVID booster, my second booster, I think. Um, I got my second booster. So yesterday I was feeling like, poop. anyway, I go online last night and I check and they called me in to be in duty today. They called me into duty today. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to go. Cause I got to do this show, which we already had pushed. We'd already pushed recording this episode because I felt like puke from my COVID booster. So we already pushed it once. And then we got freaking other stuff to do. I got, I have a job. I have a job. I'm sorry, jury duty. Um, anyway. So then I was on the phone with a robot this morning trying to tell him that I can't go because on the website, both the website and the robot told me yes. that if you have symptoms of COVID, do not show up to the courthouse. And I have symptoms of COVID. 
Because of the booster. Because of the booster. I The booster, like the side effects you're experiencing some of the COVID. But they didn't specify that. They yeah. just said if you have symptoms of COVID. So, legally, oh, I wonder who they're going to pick to be the jurors at my trial. <laughs> yeah. They were like, so this man did not show up for jury duty. And then you get like Dwayne The Rock Johnson becomes on your trial. Celebrities There's have... no shot celebrities have to do <laughs> jury duty. That's messed up, though. No, of course. I mean, I have only had one jury duty experience that I followed to the letter of the law. <laughs> See, Jamie's so much older and wiser than me. I'm not calling you old, Jamie, but you're a lot older. You're, I, I say, like, you're so much older than me. It's not true. Um, Jamie has life experience. And I thought, because this is the first time I've ever got a jury duty summons, I was like, oh, shoot, they're going to lock my ass up if I don't go. So I like did all the things I was supposed to do. I filled it out, which is rare for me because I'm pretty sure there's currently a recall on the model of Jeep that I have. Oh, I ignore those two. On the airbags that like if I get into an accident, I'm probably just going to die because the airbag is going to malfunction and send shrapnel into my neck at 200 miles per hour. And I've known about that for months, haven't done anything. <laughs> it's such an inconvenience, though, to like. Because they bring can't your arrest back. me for just yeah. choosing to live dangerously. <laughs> but apparently they can't arrest me for not going to jury duty. So this is, ba- this is bad advice. Give but it to them. <laughs> if you never got your notice, and if for those of you listening and not watching, I am doing quotations they you can say i never got notified they can't prove that you did or did not receive the notice but why would jury duty work that way because you can go you can get bills from people that are only in the mail like you could get like a hospital bill that's only in the mail and if you just ignore it and say you never got it They'll still send your ass to collections. I guess jury duty is different. It doesn't yeah, have to they do can't. With you money, can't. They so. can't send. There's no jury duty police. I mean, I guess it's just the normal police. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was joking so much last night about what my excuse would be. They don't care if you can't pay your rent because your job doesn't give you money for missing for jury duty. They don't care. They pay you like ten dollars a day. But also, like, why does like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson have to go to jury duty? Because he probably is like, I have this obligation because I'm Dwayne The Rock Johnson. God. I bet you they can always claim, like, I, you know what? I have a charity event. That I'm sorry for ranting about jury duty for so long. Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about life paths. <laughs> I know what we're talking about, Jamie. It's a joke. Uh, but it was a great segue. <laughs> into? Um, into. Um... I don't know, just talking about like planning your life and like comparing yourself to other people because it's something that I've, one, I've done myself a lot. And I think I've talked about it before um, on the show. Like my dad and my mom are like high school sweethearts. My mom like went to nursing school straight out of high school, uh, got her nursing degree, became an RN. My dad moved up to Idaho from Southern California, um, went to school for accounting or something dropped out of college and started his own company which is fine he's very successful good for him um all that to be said as the as the problem child that 
moved uh one well one i graduated high school i moved to virginia did uh, essentially nothing for a year worked in a great italian restaurant though that was fun then packed it up and moved to los angeles to go to culinary school and now i work in a production company um i've always felt like i was different and uh not uh didn't follow the like blueprint i guess that the other immediate family members of mine had um, and I don't know, I always felt like less than because of it or like, oh, I'm like different and bad because I did do that. I mean, it's a conversation that me and my girlfriend have had a lot of times too, because she graduated with a degree in biology from a really great university. But then like after she graduated, she was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do with my life. And now she's been like kind of bouncing around, trying some other things like, um, graphic design, stuff like that, uh, like blender and, and visual effects and stuff. Um, coding, stuff like that. All that being said, she would get sad because she's like, oh, Trevor, you're so successful. It was a great impression, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Dusty sounds yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> she's like, you're so successful, and I just feel like I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I had to constantly tell her, like, look, not everybody does this, and that's okay. Like, you, nobody has to have the same life path. There's not, there's not a specific, like, way that you, even... As much as our society and, and like our capitalist society wants to tell you that there is a specific life path that you have to take where you go to high school, go to college, get a 95, nine to five job, work for 40 years and then retire. And as much as they want that to be the blueprint, it isn't. And you don't have to do that. Like I was lucky. I knew that I wanted to do something like I actually wanted to be like a hard news journalist. I wanted to be an investigative reporter. I wanted to like go and be an I was my plan was to do that and then be a news anchor and be super professional and, look and then at you now look at me now <laughs> I'm a wrangler for oh, Trevor how the mighty have fallen no I literally my my first Trevor's babysitter <laughs> my first internship after college was for a sex podcast and then I yeah. ended up becoming the producer of that and being there for like five years and I realized I don't want to go into news yeah and fun fact when I was interviewing for this job I had gotten an interview for another position, for another job, and they wanted to offer it to me. And it was going to be news, pro news production. And I literally told the person hiring me here, I was like, I have another job offer. I don't want to take it. I want to work for you guys, but I need to know fast. So basically, I think the person, I think it was Kiko, was like, yeah. Trevor, you need to make a decision if you want this person. And thankfully, thank you, Trevor, <laughs> for picking me. So I did not have to go into that field. That was I don't know if we ever told that story at the podcast before, but Kiko, um, formerly mythical employee, a lot of people know Kiko. Kiko, I love. Yeah. Um, but when we were starting the show, everything was happening very fast. And we were hiring, we we're trying to hiring for Jamie's position very quickly. And I remember Kiko was like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to do all the interview process, you know, make sure they have the skills. And then, like, you know, we'll send you some options and you can do kind of like, you know, little like sit down with them to see if you like vibe with them. And I was like, cool, that's great. So anyway, Kiko comes to me. He's like, he's like, hey, you know, we honestly haven't really found that many people. There's one person that we want you to talk to, but she's really great. Um, and yeah, if you want to just like sit down and have a convo with her, you know, to see if you vibe. And I was like, sure. All, all while I'm under the impression that. This is just me like sitting and, and chatting with a person while like Kiko or someone else professional is there. Like <laughs> I had no clue. So anyway, it's like on my calendar and I just like joined this Google meet and Jamie's in there and I'm like, hey, I'm Trevor. Um, 
I don't know where Kiko is. And Kiko did not tell me that I was going to be doing this alone. (laughs) I did not know that part. (laughs) Kiko did not tell me I was going to be doing this alone. And that it was like an interview. Like, uh, for whatever reason, they wanted me to interview Jamie by myself. Like, I have any credentials. (laughs) Like, you're putting someone's life in my hands here. (laughs) And so then I, like, messaged Kiko. I was like, are you coming? And Kiko was like, no, it was just going to be you two. And I was... I was like, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> I was like, well, my time to shine. <laughs> um, and I think it went well. I think so. I felt good afterwards. I messaged Kiko. I was like, yeah, I really like him. I think we could do great work. And that's when I got the offer, like, was super soon after that interview between me and you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to take this job. But I want to take this mythical job. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, Kiko, I was like, I was like, I'm just going to be transparent here. I have another job offer, but I really want to work for you guys. So if there's any way to figure <laughs> out if this is going to be a fit in the next. So I literally, I had never done this before because I was always like, oh, you take a job when you get it. Yeah. So I, when they called me and they were like, you know, they're like, we're offering you the job. And they're probably thinking like, oh, she's going to be so excited. And then I was like, oh, that's very cool. Can I take a couple days to think about it? Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, of course. But in my head, I was like, I've never done that. And I felt so anxious being like, because <laughs> then I was like, what if this Trevor kid was like, actually, Yeah, I no, don't, she was the worst. worst. I think we talked about, I, for, I don't even remember what we talked about. I know we talked about movies of some sort. And I was like, what if I fucked up? Did we actually talk about movies? One, I, there was no substance to whatever I was saying. Because again, I didn't prepare at all for that. Because I was like, I don't know. I didn't think it was going to be me alone. I thought that Kiko was going to be there and like asking you some questions and then we would just be kind of having a conversation and then it was just us two alone in a Google Meet and I'm like in my room, honestly probably playing like RuneScape on my other (laughs) monitor, just like, so what do you like? (laughs) Yeah. It is kind of what it was like. Actually, oh my God. but it all worked out. It did. No, and I'm really glad. And literally, I mean, I remember after that happened, I was like, "Yeah, she seems really great." Like we had a great time. We had a great combo. I was like, I don't know if I was supposed to ask her anything like specific, <laughs> but she seemed really nice, and I like talking to her. <laughs> and look at us now. Anyway, um. So that's how me and Trevor arrived here. Yeah, which is so <laughs> random. I mean, I I moved to LA specifically to go to culinary school. Yes. Because I've always loved cooking. But until like four weeks before I was actually in culinary school, I had never thought of doing like cooking as a career. I mean, I'd obviously entertain the idea and I've always thought since I was a kid, oh, it'd be so much fun to like, like own my own little breakfast place because I yeah. like breakfast is my favorite meal. And I was like, it'd be so much fun to like own my own little cafe. Like how cool would that be? But like never did I think like, oh, I'm going to go to culinary school and start working in restaurants and in the service industry. Uh, then I went to culinary school and then I started working in restaurants and in the service industry. And then after a year of that, I was like, this is the worst I have ever felt in my life. Yeah, it's not a great industry. I'm getting paid zero dollars to live in one of the most expensive cities in the United States, all while hating myself and being like taken advantage. Okay, also very illegal. (laughs) (laughs) At my old job, Dominique Ansel, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I worked one to nine, right? That's eight hours? Yes. I worked one to nine. I had I had a set like certain amount of things that I had to do every day. 
for there to be pastries the next day in the bakery. Yes. Like if I didn't finish what I had to do, there wouldn't be croissants or there wouldn't be cronuts or whatever. If I didn't finish, if there was like, but like also alongside of like doing things in the back and making pastries, I also had to make sure that the front was stocked with like stuff that's like fresher and easier to make. Mm. So if I'm in there on a Saturday and it's really busy and I'm by myself, I have to basically do two jobs where I am making things for the front while also doing all of the prep for the pastries for tomorrow. Yeah. So then there would be days where I'm like, it's nine o'clock and things have finally slowed down and the bakery's closing like, and now I have time, but I still have stuff to do. And I got in trouble for not clocking out and then finishing what I had to do. So they wanted you to clock out, but then continue to work. Yes, I got in trouble for taking overtime. And my my boss would literally be like, J- you just like, you have to clock out. We can't clock any overtime. You just have to clock out right at nine and then finish whatever you have to do. Which is actually against the law. No, 100%. I'd be like, um, I'm pretty sure that I'm still working. This is not a salary job. If you want to pay me salary, we can talk about that. No. It, um honestly unreal and like looking back now i'm like wow i was actually just being taken advantage of but like also because you were like 19 right or 20 at the time 19 19 yeah Yeah. so they they workers or bosses they'll be like they don't know and as as a 19 year old you're like this is i think this is this might be normal i don't know also as a 19 year old i'm like if I don't do this, they could probably just fire me and get someone else to do my job. Yeah. But which would also be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> which I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you have a lot of rights as a laborer and it's important for you to know them so that you don't get taken advantage of. If you ever have a boss, quick uh, Trevor's tips. If you ever have a boss that says that you need to clock out uh, at the eight hour mark and then continue to do work, that is illegal and you could sue them. Yes. So- <laughs> and also, if they want to fire you for not clocking out and then continuing to work, that is also illegal. Um, Build your cases, people. Document everything. Anyway, what was I saying? I worked at a bakery and after a year I wanted to die. Um, and I was literally at the end of my time working at, at Dominique Gansel Bakery. Um, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to work in the food industry yeah. for the next 40 years. Like I- I'm sitting there literally, I'm doing the math and I'm like, this is the first year that I've been doing this and I'm already feeling like dead. And I just dropped a billion dollars on culinary school. Yeah. I can't, like, what am I going to do? And also, the, the the internal part of me is, like, if I choose to, like, move back home and do something different, like, then I'm just a major disappointment to my parents. Like, I don't want my parents to be disappointed with me, and I don't want to be, like, the failure of a child that's, like, got moved around the country and done all these different things and ends up just, like, moving back home and then, like, getting, like, a normal job. I don't know. I was very anxious and very scared. And it's crazy because you're so young. Like, yeah, at I that was, point, to feel like your whole life is over, almost. I was 19 when I was like that's that. It's so sad. But so many people go through that, and it's crazy. I know. Honestly, if I had, like, moved back home, I mean, thankfully, I would have been in a position probably where I could move back home and be supported by my parents. But, like, I could have just done anything else. 
So did you go straight from the bakery to Mythical or did you have like a in-between period? Yeah, I went straight from the bakery. And this is the funniest part. I was very adamant that like, hey, I'd like to give my job that I have now two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's a professional thing to do. I was like, they've treated me very well, which they hadn't. But in my head, I was like, I'm going to be professional. I want to give them two weeks. You know, like yeah. it's what it's what a professional person would do. Um, so I like postponed my start date here. And I was like, I'm going to work an extra two weeks at bakery. And then I told I put in my two weeks and I told my boss and <laughs> oh, she had the audacity to look me in the eyes and say, really? Only two weeks after everything that I've done for you? No, she did not. She asked me to stay on an extra month because it was the holiday. She's like, it's the holiday season and you're, you're leaving now and only giving two weeks after everything that I've done. I'd be like, what was that? And in the moment, I was sitting there like, I know, I'm so sorry, but oh this is a God. really big opportunity. And again, like looking back now, I'm like, oh my God. We're going to talk about different life paths and I'm here just like fighting for like laborers. Like don't get exploited as no, a laborer. No, this is better. This is good. Like, I mean, this is the thing. When we're young, we enter the workforce not knowing necessarily what our rights are, what we can say no to, that the fact that oh, you can yeah. have boundaries with your job, like that's actually okay. I always felt like... When I was doing my job, I was like, yeah, it's like, I'm young. I'm in the weeds. I got to pay my dues. Which yes. I've realized that when you don't have boundaries at work and you work for people that aren't always looking out for your best interest, they'll take advantage of that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, there's this whole, like, trend that was going around a little bit ago called, like, quiet quitting. How, like, Gen Zers which, are quiet quitting, which, again, is the stupidest phrase I've ever heard. Which was basically mean for anybody that doesn't know, quiet quitting was when someone only does what is required of their position and doesn't do anything extra. And they were saying and that they it was were like the that worst. That was like a negative thing. <laughs> like what? Like, and I get it. Go like I mean, paying your dues is a real thing, but it's I think it's been like altered in a negative way where it's paying your dues means getting exploited by people until you know enough to not get exploited if that makes sense yes you know what i mean where it's like paying your dues is like if you want to make a lot of money in a certain field company position whatever you have to start small and work your way up which is a normal thing like most people don't come out of college and get six, seven figure jobs. If you want to make that much money, you have to start on like on the lower end as far as position, depending on, you know, what kind of degree you got or whatever. But generally speaking, you start low and you build up. Yeah. That's paying your dues. That's exactly. just like working. That is like you work, you get more experience in the field, you get more knowledge in the field, you get more connections in the field, and then you start to see more opportunities and more opportunities for growth. Paying your dues is not being exploited for five years until you realize, wait, this is really screwed up. And then you start fighting for yourself and not getting exploited. And then they're like, OK, we'll like give you what you deserve now. That is not. Those are two very different things. Yes, 100 um, percent. 
I want to go back to the whole life path thing. Do you feel like it's this like sunk cost fallacy that you've devoted so much time to a particular field or direction, but you're not happy, but you feel like, well, it'd be such a waste if I changed career paths or direction. Yeah. I think that, I think that that's, um, I think that's probably what a lot of people go through and a lot of people feel. I mean, I was feeling that sunk cost fallacy for my two years in culinary school and one year working in a baker. I was like, I've devoted three years of my 19 year old life to this now or whatever. Like I have to do this for the rest of my life. Like, that's what I was feeling. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be stuck doing this for the rest of my life because this is the path that I chose and I have to stick to it because that's how the world works. But I don't think it is. And I think it also, you know, it's different for every field too. I mean, it's hard to say in like any sort of definitive and overarching way that anyone can do anything that they want because not everybody can be a doctor. Like I I couldn't be a doctor. I could not. You got to go to like eight years of medical school to be a doctor. And I respect that. And doctors are great people. Um, And that's one of those paths that, yeah, you probably got to go to school for, for that for eight years. Not everybody can be a lawyer. But can you go to medical school or to law school when you're in your 30s? Yes. I mean, if you have the bandwidth, if you have the resources and the and the cushion to do that, you can totally do it. Who knows? Maybe in 10 years, I'm going to be like, man, it would be cool as frick to be a lawyer. And I'm going to go to law school because I'm going to get very passionate about the one time that I got put in jail for three days for dodging <laughs> jury duty. And I'm going to be like, this is an injustice that I need to solve. And I'm going to become a jury duty lawyer. Um, I'm better call Saul their asses. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know. There's so much of it that's just like living for when you're old. It's like, you got to work hard, you know, for 40 years so that when you're 65, you can retire and live a life of luxury. The frick am I going to do when I'm 65? I don't even know if I'm going to make it to 65. And it's, I don't know. It's this very weird, like, I think that everyone, and also people have different passions. I have passions other than cooking. And, like, I would love to, at some point in my life, do something outside the realm of cooking. And, I mean, I kind of do that now, but still, like, a lot of my job is based around food. But, like, who knows? Maybe in six years, I'm going to be like, man, I want to join the gaming industry. Yeah. And do, like, the business side of gaming or something like that. And I'll go to school at night and get a freaking business degree or something. I don't know. That's something that I could do and that I would maybe want to do in the future. And I don't think that it is bad to look at that as like, that's a positive. I think I don't think that you should look at yourself potentially changing career paths or, and I think like, it's not a bad thing. And I think a lot of people get scared Mm -hmm. of like, they feel like it's starting over, you know, like, Oh, I'm starting over. If I pick a new thing, I'm starting over, but I don't think it's that way. Cause I mean, one, you have a lot more life experience. You have a lot more knowledge and any employer, I mean, it depends if you like change your field. Like if I went into rocket science and wanted to work in NASA, I'd probably have to start on the ground floor. Yeah. But I mean, if I do something else, like even though I've worked at a production company and done mostly food-based stuff, if I went to say a gaming org and wanted to join them in a different position, they would probably see whatever experience I had, whether at that point it was like six years of experience working at a production company, they wouldn't just be like, oh, he was only cooking, so he has no experience. Like- yeah, they imp- they would look at your whole... Yeah, they're going to look at the fact that I am someone that is capable 
and has held down a position and gotten consistent promotions and raises through that position. So it's obvious that I'm a hard worker and that I'm smart and know what I'm doing. And they would look at that and like see me as someone that wants to learn. And like, I think that, I don't know, people get scared of like starting over. I mean, I was scared of starting over when I was 19. I was scared yeah. of, I was scared of the thought of like, oh my God, if I switch career paths now, my life is ruined. Like I was literally thinking that and I don't think it's that way at all. Change is just scary. The chaos that you know always feels more comforting than something brand new. Yeah. Which it's, it could be some one of the biggest changes. We also, I feel like, feel like we need to be successful in our 20s. But there are so many people, like there was this person who was on different podcasts that I've worked on He's called the angry therapist. And he did, he was working like reading screenplays and in production and he hated it. And at 37, he decided to go back to school, get his uh, degree so that he can work in therapy. And he became a non conventional therapist. Like, yeah. And that was at 37. Yeah. And he's like so happy now. But there's so many stories of that. Like so many people have changed their career path or what they want to do with their life, like even in their 40s. Like you feel like you need to be established by then. You could be established, but you could still change what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, my dad literally is like one of the perfect examples because I know I've used as an example is like, oh, this is the right career. This is the right way to live your life. But realistically, my dad went to school at Boise State University for like accounting and then he never showed up to class. And he went and shot pool at the student union building all day instead of going to class. Mm. And then he would just like ace all his exams. And his teacher's like, why are you here? He's like, you don't care. Why don't you just go do something with your life? Like, why do you, why do you come? Why are you in college? Yeah. So my dad was like, okay. And then he started his first technology company. It's called like, it was called like Nowdisk. And they did something with like back when, um, Back when instructions for like operating systems yeah. like Windows were all on compact disks. Yeah. Anyway, he did that for like a few years. And then he sold that and was like, I'm going to start a technology company called Transite Logic Systems. And they created software that helped um, investigators like uh, like police and detectives mm-hmm. recreate um, like crime scenes and 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 investigations even like crash scenes so like oh, they wow. could basically they could recreate a car crash to see what happened like based on like the debris and how things ended up they could recreate it yeah um to help them like see what actually happened and investigate it then that technology got bought by some people over in the government my dad did that and by the end of that he was like god this is the worst thing ever i need to get out of this this is terrible and then he stopped. And then now he made a lot of money off that though. And now he owns a cigar lounge and like builds freaking affordable housing buildings in the city that he lives in. Oh, that's awesome. Cause that's just like a passion of his. Yeah. God, how old is my dad? What year is it? It's 2022. How old is my mom? I don't know. My dad's like 49, I think. Oh, younger dad. Yeah. 40. I think my mom's 51 and my dad's 49. Maybe. But anyway, he does that now. And so, like, I he's done all sorts of... He's done everything under the sun at this point. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that there is... I think that, unfortunately, we live uh, in a society. Um, 
And unfortunately, uh, money is very important. And I will say that you do have to have a lot of the times when you hear these success stories about people that are like, oh, like they just like switched. Martha Stewart didn't write her first cookbook until she was 50 or something like that. I don't know. That was Julia Child. Julia Child didn't write her first cookbook until she was 50. It's like, yeah, I did she have money? Like it, money helps a lot when you want to money try helps. something new. Um, but hey, if you're working and like you're doing something, like I love what I do now. I can't say that I'm going to love it in 10 years. Who knows? Maybe in 10 years or less than 10 years, I'm going to be like, wow, I hate this and this is draining me and I need to do something else. Hopefully by then I'll have some savings and enough money that if I did want to switch up, I could do something. Um, do you know what's kind of crazy to think about? is I can't even imagine, because there are certain people who get a job and they love it and they do stay there, or maybe they don't love it, but they just grew with the company. Like my dad started at a company and had been there for over 20 years. Yeah. I can't even imagine being at one job or like obviously he had promotions and throughout that, but I can't imagine that. Like I honestly can't imagine not wanting to switch it up maybe a little bit yeah you know what i mean after but i mean like that's cool if you really like it a lot of times it's not that people really like it it's just what they know and they just want that steady yeah paycheck and everything but i feel like nowadays people it's almost as if like people are telling me like at my old job i was there for almost five years they're like wow it's a long time yeah and i was like i guess that's a long time now but back in the day five years is like nothing in one place yeah so i want i wonder if there's also something to that is as the generations go on that we're always kind of searching for a newness almost. Yeah. No, I think definitely. I think that it like, I think the, the norm of finding a job in a field that you went to college for and staying there for 20 years, however long, 40 years until you retire and just like working up through that company. I think that that's just, I don't know. I feel like that is not the ideal mm-hmm. um, when it used to be the ideal. I don't know. It's just hard to, there's no real way to quantify success. I think that. I 100% agree with that. I think that success used to be based on your status and your money. Yes. Um, It used to be based on how high are you in the company that you're at and how much money do you make with that company? And that was the, for me, success is like, I'm happy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not like. I'm I'm living comfortably enough. I don't make a an F ton of money, but like I have money to pay bills. I enjoy what I do. And I've got a really cool group of friends and my family's awesome. And like life is good. Like, yeah, I could be making a lot more money right now. And that would probably make me happier <laughs> because it would be nice to be not as stressed sometimes. But like I would call myself successful, not from like a monetary standpoint or a title standpoint, but just from a like I live in LA and I have really cool friends and I make enough money to live here and I like what yeah. I do and that is success to me. And I it's funny, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do with it? And I was like, that's just too much money. That's stressful to have that much money. I'd definitely be giving stuff away. Like if you had a, if I had a billion dollars, I genuinely wouldn't know what to do with it because I don't, I don't know. I just don't think like that, I guess. My goal in life isn't to make a billion dollars. 
So I haven't thought about what I would do with a billion dollars. Yeah. But it's like, that is so much money to me. Like, it's too much. I genuinely wouldn't know what to spend it on. I would just be, and I, I would be bored probably because like, I like being able to work. I like my job. I like having, you know, a set schedule. I like having a routine. I like the people that I work with. Like, and then he was like, okay, well, what if you had a million dollars? And I was like, probably not a lot would change. If I'm being um, <laughs> honest, I don't know. I might like it's cra- upgrade my PC. <laughs> yeah, it might. It's so crazy to me because a million dollars is actually like, obviously it is, yes, a lot of money, but yeah. it's not like you can't like. Oh, I can't like you buy can't, a house. <laughs> yeah, you can maybe like literally my parents bought their house for so much less than what they're going to be able to sell it for which yeah. i mean good for them yeah and i've had the house for a while but at the same time it just kind of goes to show you that even making like a six-figure salary like if you're making a hundred grand it used to be oh my god that's crazy and it still is a good salary but in la and everything like you can't buy a house with that you can't yeah and oh, that's no. the cra- that's so crazy to me how money has changed like the value of money like a billion is so much money it's so many millions it's but then one, one million you invest some of that you hope yeah. maybe you put some in savings put some in savings you maybe give some to your to some your parents or your family or something yeah. they need it like i mean literally that would just be money that would make um that would make me be able to do the things that i do now the little uh, less without stress. stress. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Because I don't know. My goal has never been like, obviously, I want to make money. Yes. Obviously, everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to be successful, whatever. But my goal has never been, I don't go to my job every day thinking like, all right, I'm this, I'm one day closer to getting my million dollars. I'm one day closer to yeah. getting this amount of money in my bank account. That's not how I think about it. God, I spend money like an idiot. And maybe it's because I'm freaking bipolar. But like, I don't need money to... Like, I don't know. It's not like I'm trying to stockpile money. Like I'm playing RuneScape. In RuneScape, I stockpile money. I'm greedy <laughs> as frick. I want to do everything I can to make money. It's a video game. I have a couple of friends that had like uh, been working at a company out here as interns, um, but they were both like from the East Coast. And it was like their last couple of weeks in LA. And I like, we were going out to dinner with them, hanging out, and like I was just paying for everything. They're like, "Why are you paying for everything?" I was like, "I don't know, because I want you guys to have a good time and like not stress about money, and like I'd rather take yeah. you out to like some of my favorite restaurants that might be a little bit more expensive, and then pay for it instead of like taking you to a restaurant that isn't as good but that we split." Like, and I was hurting after that. I was spending too much money. <laughs> I do the same, dude. Especially, oh my god, if you get a few drinks in me, I'm buying everything for everyone. Oh, yeah. I am just 100%. like, I mean, like everyone. I bought a round once for everybody, and everyone's like, "No, you don't have to do that." I was like, "No, I want to. I want to." And I realized, I'm like, "Oh, I'm with like ten people right now," and I bought everyone a fifteen dollar cocktail. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I've done that before. Where I'm like, I, I like have it in my head, like I'm out with some friends getting food and drinking. And I was like, I'm gonna pick up the check tonight, and then I get the check, and I'm like, oh, I really wish I didn't. Do I'm like, that. dang. <laughs> I'm like, well, not gonna eat for the next three days. <laughs> Um, I no, will say, I will say that um, there's also different types of success, like that used to be measurable, that I don't think should be measurable anymore. 
Like uh, back in the day, it was like, are you married yet? Do you have kids yet? And that was also like a sign of success. And I'm like, nowadays, no, that shouldn't factor into it at all. Like having other people in your life you're responsible for is very expensive. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, literally, and maybe this is just a generational thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it's like a, a, a difference in the way that people think. Um, and it sounds so corny to say, but literally my metric of success sounds so bad to say, but is like, do I want to end my own life right now or not? Oh, no. <laughs> and I, like, it's terrible to think that way, but it's true. But like, I, under, I understand it, it, it's like to say it like that, some people would be like, oh man. But I do understand that. It's like, do I feel like my life is worth living? Yeah. That is, that's success. I've got really amazing friends. I've got a cool job that I love doing. I've got an amazing family. Like I'm happy and I, and therefore I feel like I have made success because I think success. there's a, there's a lot of people that probably have a frick ass ton of money that aren't happy, that they don't have a great group of friends, that they don't have a family that loves them, that they're alone and sad and they have a ton of money and mountains of it to comfort them, but that are not fulfilled. And I know it's such a, to be clear, money does buy happiness because money buys security. Yes. But there gets to a point when you have sacrificed so much to get a lot of money that you have also sacrificed the things in life that truly make you happy. Yes. Um, yes. If I could pay off my medical bills right now in this very moment and not have to worry about them, that would be amazing. I would be much happier and much less stressed. If I could pay off my car, whatever, if I could pay off student loans, like I would be a lot happier. But that is very small scale stuff. Like yeah. that's like if you put $100,000 in my bank account, I could do that and have 70K left over. And yeah. like that's that's how much money realistically I would need to take away some of the bigger stressors in my life financially. But like when you talk about people that have m- hundreds of millions of dollars, it's like I don't get it. Like that wouldn't do anything for me. The most the most money I can think about spending right now is on upgrading my gaming setup. <laughs> and like max, I could probably put like 10k into it to really get it to where it's like the best it can be in that moment. Yeah, I think most people want to, like, uh, yes, the fantasy of, like, being super rich. It would be cool, like, being able to travel all the time and do all these different things. Sounds great. However, I feel like most people just want enough money to live comfortably, have a place that they can live that's not crappy. Yeah. uh, Be able to, you know, go on some vacations here and there and eat out. Yeah. Eat out, enjoy their hobbies. Enjoy their hobbies and that's it. Like, that's all. I feel people just want to live comfortably and that's like, seems to be such a huge ask. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) It's just fucked up. (laughs) I want to just like go do my job and make enough money to be able to pay bills, hang out with my friends and play video games. Exactly. Well. That's it. (laughs) Okay, do your fact. Oh my God. Okay, fun animal fact. The loudest animal in the world is a two centimeter long prawn. The pistol shrimp is capable of snapping its claw shut so rapidly that it creates a bubble which collapses to produce a sonic blast louder than a Concord sonic boom. The shockwave can reach 230 decibels, also louder than the sound of a gunshot. 
The imploding mm. bubble for split seconds also generates temperatures of 4,400 degrees Celsius, nearly as hot as the sun, killing its prey? Wait, what? This is the most metal animal of all time. Hold on, I gotta fact check myself because I was just from a random... That is crazy. So a prawn, something that like you eat. I mean, I guess you eat any animal really, but a prawn you just think is a tiny little shrimp type thing. It's two centimeters long. It's so tiny. And it's that loud? Is there, a, is there like a recording? The prawn is this long, right? How long is two centimeters? Yeah, that's about 2. it. 2.5 is an inch. So it's like less than an inch long. And now imagine its claw. Its claw has got to be so small. But its claw snaps shut so fast that it creates this tiny little bubble that is 218 decibels loud when it pops. Oh my God. It says that it is possibly the most dangerous creature on Earth. Imagine if that thing was even double its size. Could you? Im- that is crazy. That is so crazy. It, yeah, if that thing was like the size of like a jumbo shrimp. Oh my like, God. <laughs> could you imagine if I had that power? If no. I could just. And then just make a gunshot sound and my hand would go to 40. That sounds like a superhero. That is so cool. Wow, what a fun fact. What a great way to end the show. Anyway, thank you for listening to Trevor Talks Too Much. Definitely talk too much today. Uh, check the episodes out every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts and then the video version the following Monday. Uh, leave a review, leave a comment, leave a, a message in my DMs telling me how beautiful I am. Um, and yeah, follow me and it's on social media. And go check out TikTok. We got some TikToks over there, medical pods. Um, I think have a great, have a great day. Don't get exploited by your boss. Um, understand your rights. Um, and conveniently lose your jury duty and summons. Don't go to jury duty because that's stupid. It's bad advice. Don't terrible advice. Don't listen to my advice ever, unless it's good advice. Then listen to it. Thanks everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>